Hey friend, welcome to the Alive Living Podcast. My name is Sarah Raquel Gauthier, and I'm excited for our journey together. We are all spiritual beings on a spiritual journey, but sometimes we may feel like we're stuck and not fully living. The good news is, is that Jesus came so that you could have life and life abundantly. So let's stop sleepwalking and start living alive one conversation at a time. Who or what is forming you? I think this is one of the most important questions we have to ask ourselves because even though it might be hard to come to terms with this reality because we prefer to think we are our own person, we exist on our own, we make up our minds on our own, the truth is is that there is someone who is forming you. You see, we are spiritual beings on a spiritual journey, yes, and there are people that are forming us. And the question that we have to really come to grips is, are we being deformed by the ones or ones who are forming us, or are we being transformed? When Jesus interacts with his disciples throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's important for us to remember that In this Jewish culture, discipleship was about learning. It was about being an apprentice under somebody. For that Jewish culture, it was it was so important for them to have rabbis. And what would what would happen is you'd be a student of a rabbi, and not only would you be a be be that a student of a rabbi, but you would become like that rabbi. You would walk with the rabbi you would talk with the rabbi you would listen to the rabbi you would you would watch the rabbi you would see how the rabbi interacts what the rabbi talks about it uh, talks about and then and then you would become that and so I love the way Dallas Willard talks about it in the divine conspiracy he says uh, one thing is sure you are somebody's disciple You learned how to live from someone else. There are no exceptions to this rule. For human beings are just the kind of creatures that have to learn and keep learning from others how to live. And I think that's so important. And it's it's so hard for us, I think, in our westernized culture because, you know, we want to own our truth and speak our truth and you want to you do you and, and all of the, all of these things all of these kind of slogans that we hear in our in our modern culture in our in modern individualistic culture um, and that's just uh, first it's simply not true like we are being formed by by someone or some ones and not only is it is it not true but we got to ask ourselves the question who or what is forming me and so I want to bring us into this moment with Jesus, Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, actually 13 through 15, and I have been just vexed and thinking a lot about this question of who or what is forming me, and also thinking about how Jesus, who the number one title he had throughout the Gospels was Rabbi, and so thinking a lot about who or what is forming me through the lens of who Jesus is and the message that Jesus came to offer. So in Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, we see this. It says, And he, Jesus, went up to the mountain, and he called to him those whom he desired. 
and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Several months ago, I was having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine, and we were talking about how this idea that we are we are all learners, we are all disciples in essence, and it, it, the question of who are we being discipled by. And um, we were talking about how uh, from the beginning we're, we're being discipled. Our, our parents are our disciples. Our teachers in school are our disciples. Our peers, uh, especially for teenagers, peer discipleship is a, is, a, is a real thing. We're learning from our peers. And when you get to college, I think these are some of the most formative years of, of discipleship that we're having, where we are learning, where our minds are expanding. You go to college and you, you have professors and, and peers that, that are really forming how you think. And then uh, as you transition into adulthood, you, you get into the job space and, and the people who are oftentimes managers, directors, leaders in that space are, are kind of forming the way that you think. And you, as we spend time, a lot of time in these spaces, a lot of time in high school, a lot of time in college, a lot of time at work, a lot of time um, with our peers, we are being formed. And so as we were having this conversation, we were talking about how like, and it, it's not only just the people are around us, most immediate around us are forming us, but, but also in a very like digitalized culture, we are being formed by our Instagram feeds. We're being formed by our Facebook feeds. We're being formed by Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Like we're being formed by the all of the things that we're consuming. And so you may not know a person, but you follow their follow them on Instagram or you follow them on, on YouTube. And that YouTuber is somebody who is contributing to your formation. And it's, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think it's, it's great that we have access and, and easy access to so much um, just great content out there that, can, that, that makes so much more content accessible to us. Even this podcast that you're listening to right now, we're, we're in a conversation right now, and the conversation is around spiritual formation is what we're talking about today, and, and you're being formed by this conversation. And so... I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but we we do have to have this moment of asking ourselves, like, who or what is forming us? And who are we disciples of? And so am I a disciple of that YouTuber? As I am watching their videos, am I becoming more like them? Do I talk like them? Do I dress like them? As we're disciples of whoever on, on Instagram, um, as we're looking at these visuals, are am I becoming more like them? Am I doing what they do? And... Are they someone who is helping me to transform into wholeness for purpose? Or are they someone who's causing me to be deformed for wholeness and purpose? And so I'm having this conversation with my friend and we're just being honest. Like, you know what? Sometimes, yeah, I do feel like I'm a disciple of um, Instagram. And as I'm looking at Instagram, who I choose to follow on Instagram and the messaging that's coming out and how that informs the messaging of my other conversations and that spills over into the things that I buy, the things that I wear, the things that I like. And so formation is, is, is always happening. 
But there's a cautionary tale in formation because um, if you see in Jeremiah, I spent most of last year reading um, the prophet Jeremiah. It started as an accident. I, I got really intrigued by a certain passage and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to read the entire book of Jeremiah. And if um, you know anything about the Bible, Jeremiah is one of the prophets, and he's often referred to as the weeping prophet, and I think that's a misnomer for him now that I've spent basically a year studying and, and spending time with Jeremiah. I think he's just a passionate prophet, but he um, gives this cautionary uh tale to the he gives this cautionary kind of word to to the the people the israelites at the time and he tells them listen you have gone after worthless things and you have become worthless you've gone after worthless things and you've become worthless and that to me is so striking because it reminds me to make sure that i'm checking myself am i going after worthless teachers Am I following and pursuing things that ultimately are empty and they are forming me for emptiness? You went after worthlessness and you became worthless. And so when Jesus is calling the disciples to himself and he goes up to the mountain and he says, you know, he called to them those whom he desired and they came to him. Jesus desired intimacy with these 12 people that made the decision to come to him. See, Jesus called them, but then they had agency to make that decision. They could, they could choose to decide, do I want to be a learner, an apprentice? a disciple of Jesus because they understood that that call to Jesus as a teacher, as a rabbi, meant that they would be with him, that they would spend time with him, that they would walk with him and talk with him and learn from him. And as they did that, they would become like him and not just become like him, but they would do what he did. And that was the kind of intimacy that Jesus was calling them into, the intimacy of discipleship the intimacy of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. And so when they came to him and he appointed them, he did it so that he could send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He did it to give them a purpose and a mission that was greater than themselves. And I think what's so important is that we need to recapture this idea and this truth of Jesus as teacher. So often we make salvation, we make Christianity, we make the gospel about Jesus as Savior and he's the Lamb of God and he washes away the sins of the world and behold, I can step into eternity as I receive Jesus and my salvation is secure. And yes, all of that is true. All of that is accurate. None of that is, is, is not accurate, but I think it's only a partial story. And so when we make Jesus all about simply being a savior and not a teacher and not our rabbi, we lose out on the beautiful opportunity that Jesus gives us to step into this new way to be human where we can be with Jesus, where we can become like Jesus and we can do what Jesus did. Jesus, when he came, he was fully God and he was fully man. And what that means is that in the incarnation or in the embodiment of Jesus, when he comes, 
he comes and we see the face of God in Jesus. We see what God looks like, the flesh and bone reflection of Jesus, of God in the face of Jesus. And also we see the fullness of humanity. Jesus was fully human. And so he, he's not meant to be this, this far off uh, kind of this like sage, extra human kind of superhuman superhero kind of person no Jesus came to not only offer us a vision of God but also a vision of ourselves and so when we recapture the idea of Jesus as teacher Jesus as rabbi then what happens is that we have this opportunity to become the fullness the wholeness of ourselves And so Jesus is calling us to himself, not only to be our savior, to offer us eternity and salvation and heaven and all of that, but it's, it's about more than that. It's a step further than that. Jesus is offering this opportunity to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. And so when we think about spiritual formation, spiritual formation is becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. Spiritual formation is becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. And the only way that that happens in its fullness is if I uh, recapture the view of Jesus as teacher. Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus simply this um, being, this extra superhero kind of being that offers me the pathway to salvation for my eternity only? Or is Jesus that and the rabbi who is teaching me, who is working with me and walking with me and part of my formation, part of transforming me into who I was always designed to be? The journey of walking with Jesus is so much about the journey of walking home to my fullest self. As we are with Jesus, as we become like Jesus, and as we do what Jesus did, we come home to the fullness of the humanity that we were designed to be when God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit got together and said, hey, let's make stuff. Let's make humans in our own image. And so that, that is part of the, the journey of, of uh, really asking ourselves, like, not only who or what is forming me, but who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus the rabbi who are you, you're, you're sitting with and you're spending time and intimacy with and you're, you're, as you are with him, you're becoming like him and you're doing what he did? How are you looking more like Jesus as a result of being under his teaching, of being under his apprenticeship? How can you be a student of Jesus I think it's important that we spend time specifically in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because in those four Gospels, we begin to get a sense of who Jesus truly was, the fullness of who Jesus was, and not only that, but the fullness of what he is inviting us into as we walk with him and as we learn from him. And I got, and I got to say, I think sometimes the reason why we... we, we kind of only reduce Jesus to um, simply a savior. And he is that. Don't get me wrong. He is, he is savior. He is Lord. He is the only way to salvation. Absolutely. But, but I think we reduce him to only that 
because we don't think that Jesus is particularly intelligent. We don't think that Jesus is particularly knowledgeable. Jesus didn't have an Ivy League education in the way that we think of it. Jesus was not a great philosopher like Aristotle and Plato in, in the way that we think of it. And yet Jesus is able to transform water into wine. And yes, he was divinely God, but he was divinely human in that moment as well. And so Jesus has this capacity to manipulate molecules. Jesus has this capacity to speak words and through parables and, and through stories that reach so deeply into the hearts of people that they are transformed, not just at a, at a physical level. Yes, sometimes they received incredible healings. And, and, and yes, sometimes there was physical healing that happened. But Jesus was able to speak to them in such a way that with one word, he could reach down deep into the soul of someone and forever alter the way their way of being forever shift their paradigms and how they thought and what they believed, Jesus was able to speak eloquently in that way and articulately in that way. Jesus was able to understand his audience so completely that he knew the exact parable that could communicate these deep mysteries of the kingdom of God and the deep mysteries of the way that humanity was always supposed to exist. And, and he could speak to them in that way that would shift their thinking completely. You got to be pretty intelligent to do that, to understand your audience, to speak with words that were so powerful and so potent that even the people in, in Jesus's time was like, we're hearing him speak and he's speaking with such authority like we've never heard any of our rabbis speak before. And so that's the kind of teaching that I want to be under. That's the kind of formation that I want to be under. I want to be able to understand myself at a deep level. I want to be able to understand humanity at a deep level. I want to understand the ways of Jesus, his ability to be listening to someone and to be able to hear beyond what they're saying and that their truest and deepest desires and to be able to empathize and have compassion in that way and to show kindness in that way. Like that is the model of Jesus as teacher, as rabbi. Jesus is the one who can, who can teach us the way of peace. Jesus is the one who can teach us the way of true stewardship and true management and true leadership. Jesus is the one who can teach us how to speak to people in a way that is, is transformative and life-changing. And so, yes, <laughs> Jesus is intelligent. Yes, Jesus is, is someone who can teach us uh, a better way to be human and can form us in such a way that we are transformed into our fullest selves, our wholest selves, and our most alive selves. And so again, spiritual formation is becoming like Jesus. And it's not just becoming like Jesus for the sake of me, but it's becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. And so as we sit under the teaching of Jesus, as we come to Jesus and we, we come with an open heart that says, hey, like, I want to learn from you today. Like, what do you have to teach me in your gospels? What are the stories and the moments? And how can I step into this with you? Um, what we're learning is not only how to become our fullest selves, but also how to be a blessing to others. And to me, I'm like, wow, like, what would it look like if uh, people who are who are followers of Christ if they really took seriously this this role of Jesus in our life as a teacher and how would it change our relationships how would it change our workplaces how would it change 
every space that we walked into because not only have we spent time being with Jesus, not only has our character formed so that we become like Jesus, but now we do what Jesus did. How revolutionary would that kind of formation be? It reminds me of of this interaction that Jesus is having having a little bit further on in Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. So Jesus is... um, walking through uh, a, a community called Bethsaida and there were people that were brought to brought to him and one of them in particular was a blind man and the blind man began to beg Jesus to, to heal him to touch him to take away his blindness and so Jesus goes and, and he takes the man by the hand and he, he leads them outside of the neighborhood outside the, the village that they were in and Jesus does something so weird and he he spits on the man's eyes so that's that's odd. He spits on the man's eyes and he puts his hands on them. Um, and as the, as Jesus puts his hand on the man's eyes, he asks him, do you see anything? And the man goes on to say to Jesus, I see people. They look like trees walking around. And then again, Jesus puts his hands on the man's eyes and then his eyes were open and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. I love this moment, this interaction that Jesus has with this blind man because there are stages. There's a progression in this man's journey towards wholeness, towards fullness, towards becoming his his fullest self. And the first part of the progression is, you know, that he... Um, Jesus puts his hands on him and, and he sees people and they're walking around but they're they're kind of blurry they're they're not he doesn't see them clearly he sees people walking around but they look like he says they look like trees walking around um earlier this week i was i was with a friend of mine and she had a doctor's appointment an eye appointment and i was waiting for her to finish up her eye appointment and she comes out of the eye the eye appointment and she had her eyes dilated and if you've ever had your eyes dilated um you know that afterward it is so feels so disorienting and so disruptive and they give you those funny little glasses those like black like glasses so that you can wear because everything seems brighter when you go outside and lights are brighter and it's, it's really painful like screen light and sunlight overhead light like all of it is just really painful on the eyes and so she comes out and she looks so disoriented um, because her eyes have been dilated and she looks so disoriented and just like disrupted <laughs> because of because the, her eyes were 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 dilated and it's important to get our eyes dilated because uh, when they you know our pupils are opened up then we can see the doctors can see beyond just the surface of the eyes but they can see into the retina and the optic nerve and really learn about our full health of our eyes so it's an important thing to get your eyes dilated for the sake of health and restoration and making sure that our eyes are 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 good but what's interesting i think that what happens is we we become a little bit disoriented and and we see things a little bit blurry like things are kind of still out of focus and it's hard to see and as i'm as i'm watching my my poor friend be very disoriented as a result of um, just her her appointment and having her eyes dilated it was also um just incredible to think about how much our journey with jesus is like this 
that you and I, oftentimes, we come into relationship with Jesus, and, and it's great. Jesus offers us salvation, and Jesus offers us security for our eternity, and that's incredible. And yet, it's almost like we're still seeing life medio disoriented like we're still a little bit disoriented and we still have this we don't see things 100% clearly so we're still seeing the world we can see people but they look like trees and I wonder if there are so many people who are walking around so many Christians so many followers of Christ who are walking around and because Jesus hasn't become teacher to them hasn't been someone who's forming them on a daily basis and shaping them on a daily basis that we cannot see life clearly. We cannot see the world clearly. We cannot see ourselves clearly. And it's like we have our eyes dilated and we're, we're just kind of seeing things in a way that's like, it's a little bit painful. It's like, okay, Jesus, thank you for salvation. But man, like while I'm on this earth, things still don't look great. The situation that I'm in still doesn't look awesome. I still don't understand the difficulties I'm having in these relationships. I don't understand why I'm still struggling with, with depression and sadness. And I just, I can't shake it. And I think the important thing is that Jesus wants to have relationship with us and Jesus wants to have intimacy with us and Jesus wants to be our rabbi, our teacher, for more than just a moment. It's greater than just the moment of salvation. It's greater than just showing up to a Sunday service and spending two hours there. It is something that's part of our daily rhythms and our daily journey with Christ. And so... I think this this interaction that Jesus has with this man shows us how Jesus doesn't just want to encounter us for a moment in the moment of our salvation. But Jesus wants to give us clarity so that we can begin to see not only ourselves clearly, but the whole world around us. We can see it clearly. We can see how the kingdom of God is at hand now that we don't have to wait for eternity to begin living in abundance, but we can live abundantly now. We can live the good life, the blessed life now. And as we walk with Jesus as rabbi, as we work with Jesus, as we learn from Jesus as rabbi on a daily basis, then we are becoming like Christ the sake of others. So I want you to begin to reflect on this question for yourself uh, as we go on this spiritual journey together. Who is forming you? What is forming you? And then a second question to think about is, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus simply savior or is Jesus teacher, rabbi? Who is Jesus to you? And then third, how are you being formed by Jesus? How is Jesus on a daily basis forming you to look like him for the sake of others? So who or what is forming you? Who is Jesus to you? And how are you being formed by Jesus? And I think as we think about these questions and we just begin to reflect on our own spiritual journey, where we are, where we're headed, where we want to be headed and what it looks like to live alive in wholeness for purpose, it's really important that we get clear on the answers to these questions because they will become the bedrock foundational questions. Um, And and our answers to them will become foundational for us as we take steps forward because 
we have to remember the warning of Jeremiah. They went after worthless things and they became worthless themselves. And I don't know about you, but I want to be sure that whoever is forming me, and there are many whoever's, but whoever is forming me is not something that is worthless or someone who all they're offering me is is, are things that are worthless all they're offering me are things that are empty that are vain I want to make sure that I don't chase after vanity and I don't chase after worthlessness because I don't want to become worthless I don't want to become vain I don't want to become empty no on the contrary if Jesus offers me life and life abundantly, life to the fullness, then I want to make sure that who and what is forming me is forming me to the fullest. And so who is forming you? Who is Jesus to you and how are you being formed by Jesus? Depending on those answers to those questions, then we could begin to think about, all right, what are the specific next steps that I can engage in? What are the specific practices that I can engage in? And one practice, I'll just give you as a freebie that has been really transformative in my own life, is this practice of just reading through the Gospels, reading them cover to cover, like sitting down and spending a week. I'm going to focus on Mark. I'm going to focus on Luke. I'm going to focus on Matthew. I'm going to focus on John. And all of these four stories, they're one story told from four different perspectives. So as you engage in them, you're getting different perspectives on Rabbi Jesus and the life that he came to offer you and me. And so that's a practice that as you begin to figure out, like, how can I be more formed by Jesus? That's one of those practices that you can just engage in and and, and, and reading through those gospel narratives. And so um, I'm going to pray for us now as we close our time. But I just want to encourage you as we walk together and we build one another up towards living alive to really reflect on these questions of, who or what is forming you? Who is Jesus to you? And how is Jesus forming you? Today, this week, this month, over the past year, and, and together as we explore these questions, I think we'll begin to, to allow Jesus to not only be Savior, but also to be Rabbi. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just sending your son Jesus. Jesus who is fully God and fully man, and in the face of Jesus, God, we're able to see you and we're able to see ourselves. And so I pray, Lord, that we would um, pay attention to the warning and to the caution of Jeremiah about going after and seeking after worthless things. I believe that when you tell us that we can live an abundant life, it's a life of fullness. It's not a life of emptiness. It's a life of fullness. And I pray that we would have the courage to take a step and say, you know what? I want to be a student of Rabbi Jesus. I want to learn from Jesus by being with him, by becoming like him in my character, and by doing what he did as he walked on the earth. So pray, God, that you would put in us that that desire to respond to Jesus's invitation to be a disciple, that we would respond and we would say, yes, I want to step into this and it, it may be disorienting and it may be disruptive. In fact, I can promise you that it will be disorienting and it will be disruptive. But God, I just pray that you would give us the courage to, to step in and to live to the fullest as we are formed 
by Jesus. And Jesus, thank you because you came not only to offer us salvation for eternity, but you came also to offer us the way to be human in the fullest now, the way to live in a new humanity now. And so I ask God that we would be um, open to your teaching, open to your instruction, and that we would just fall more and more in love with you as we spend time with you, not only as Savior, but also as teacher. Pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friend, thanks for walking with me on the journey today. Before you go, I want to invite you to do three easy things so that we can continue to walk together. First, subscribe to the podcast. Second, share the podcast with a friend. And third, head on over to my website, sarahrgotier.com where you can download your free field guide with a practical exercise that will support you towards a live living. Let's continue building one another up to live alive one conversation at a time.